0: this on okay So I have an awesome um, episode for y'all today. I am sitting down with Caitlin and Caitlin is a CEO of a successful jerky and meat company. Um, She's an entrepreneur, a mother of the cutest and most adorable twin boys um, and all around a go-getter who's changing what it looks like to have a successful business and be a mother all at the same time. So Caitlin, if you would not mind telling us a little bit about yourself to get things rolling today. Sure. Thanks for having me, Ali. Um,
1: so um, let's see. Um, my journey with this uh, with our family business started actually when I was about six years old. So I've grown up in this business. My parents bought um, Catania Brothers uh, back in the '80s. So I grew up as a little girl coming in stickering jerky bags, filling the bags with jerky, stringing the jerky, all that kind of stuff, working alongside my dad on Saturdays, So it's something that um, I was fortunate to get to grow up um, doing, kind of dabbled in it throughout um, growing up high school and college, kind of always knew I wanted to be a part of it in some way, uh, shape or form. I always wanted to have a gift shop with my mom. That was kind of like my side of it. Marketing and sales was always my favorite Um, part about it. Um, And um, I, after high school went to here in SLO, went to Cal Poly, stayed a little bit involved in the business there. And then um, after my senior project being on the business, I moved to the Central Valley and did sales for the company there for a year. And then um, that's when my mom's cancer reoccurred. So that's when I moved back and worked um, alongside my dad. Um, That was about 2000 uh, six, 2005, 2006, um, worked alongside my dad, um, taking care of my mom and running the business with him. And I learned a lot at that point. I'm never knowing that I would be taking it over, but more so just learning to help him and get through this. And I, obviously the goal is to always get my mom cured from her cancer. But, um, then, um, in 2000, late 2007, my dad was actually diagnosed with leukemia and battled it for a couple months. And then we lost my dad and then I lost my mom shortly after so all within the same year. So that's when I really just had to jump in and take over the company um, and keep things going because um, I just couldn't imagine the business, you know, anything else happening to it. And, and in that, that moment too, is kind of just, there was no other option, but to, to figure out how to do it. So, um, so that's when I kind of got thrown in to take over back in 2008 And um, have been uh, learning and growing and changing, um, you know, as through all this, these past uh, 13 years now. So
0: yeah, how I've ended up to where I am today. Yeah, and, and you you really do have an incredible um, story just as far as your family and how everything has happened, um, but how did the business start? Was that something that um, your family bought into, something that they kind of came up with? Where did it all begin? Yeah,
1: definitely. Good question. Um, the So Catania Brothers actually started in 1947, so okay. we're about to celebrate 75 years. Wow. Uh, it started, yeah, it's, it's an incredibly... Um, old family business. Uh, So it started with two brothers, Bill and Pino Catania, and they started mixing spices. They worked in a meat market in downtown San Luis Obispo by the mission. And so on their, um, on their off hours, they would mix spices and play around with jerky. And that's where they started realizing that what they had and they would sell it to their friends. And then, um, so that was 1947 when that started the whole like thought and process of it. And then they, they moved over into where we're at, um, in the facility we're still at today in 1970. Um, and then my dad went to Cal Poly and my mom did too. Um, my dad, senior project was a food service business. So he had a food service business here in slow and he actually sold meat to the Catanios, So that's how he got to know them. And when they were looking for a buyer, um, my dad jumped at the opportunity to to purchase the company in the eighties because he loved the meat business. He grew up in the meat business. Um, His whole life. My grandpa had a meat company down in uh, Southern California and uh, my dad really loved the manufacturing and uh, side of, of business, and so he saw a great opportunity with Catania Brothers and, and bought it at that time.
0: Yeah, and that's such a cool, you know, founder story too. The fact that um, it's been around for seventy five years, and it's a testament to uh, your family and and you for being able to really kind of stay true to what it originally was, right? And um, and the same same location for the most part as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been in the same building for for
1: almost 50 well yeah 50 50 years now so it's pretty it's pretty cool to see um how it's evolved but yet we've stayed so true to who we are and I,
0: I believe that's why we we really are still where we are today Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I think that's, that's definitely people, um, you know, change is always happening, but people love to have that one thing that they can depend on. And, um, for you guys, I'm assuming it's going to be your, your products and that the customer service and the story and, and, um, all you guys have to offer to your customers.
1: Yeah, there's a great, uh, a, a great deal of tradition that comes uh, with what we do. And then also the traditions that people who have purchased it for so long have created with their families. So it's pretty cool to see.
0: Yeah. So, okay, great traditions, right? But then I'm sure that the business and the business model has changed over the years as well, a little bit, um, can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the, the trials and tribulations that have come with trying to um, stay maybe modern with a business that is so, uh, you know, aged in tradition? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think uh, from my
1: time being here with my dad, I saw a little, I saw growth in uh, things such as like change. um where uh, sales were going so the internet started to get big you know in the late 90s, uh, 90s 2000 I remember our mm-hmm. website launched so I saw kind of the evolution change to that with um jerky sales and not just being a gas station jerky anymore um when I but really I mean my time of being here with my with my parents we didn't see too much change my parents added a, uh, my mom added gift packs and she kind of made it more like added her feminine touch to mm-hmm. it right um crafty's um, gift side to it. But um, for me um, with taking over, I mean, it's, it's always been, it was a really hard shift because coming at such a young age too, I felt like I had to um, really respect uh, my parents, what they had created and not just change things. And so for me, it took a long time to really learn the company figure out what our, you know, pillars are, what are the most important things that we do and why. And I I knew it, but I really needed to understand it. So I, you know, dove back in to figure those things out and didn't change much. Um, I think the, probably the biggest change for me when I, took over was that we did a lot more events and it was something my dad did a little bit of, but we really got out there and started getting, and um, getting in front of people and sharing the product and the story and having them taste it. And that really helped us grow and change and adapt and evolve over time. Um, but it, we, but it not in a, not actually like changing who we are, just changing maybe like the, the strategic plan and growing and, and getting out there. Um, And then I would say that maybe becoming, you know, uh, as we deal with, um, meat snacks becoming more trendy and popular, we've really tried to stay away from the fads. Um, I think something that I realized as I got involved in, um, CrossFit back in the day and running marathons and doing with that kind of stuff. So a lot of athletic, um, uh, Uh, the side of it, I I started to really learn the health benefits of the jerky and realizing that we already had such an incredible product that you didn't have to change. It was, it was always there. We just had to highlight it. So the fact that we have no sugar in our jerky, all these other companies were trying to follow these trends of, you know, no sugar, um, no preservatives, all these things, but we already had that. So for me, it was really just, Um, taking what was already there in our foundation and the traditions of how we made and did things and sharing that with people. So I've been fortunate to not have to really change anything because what we do is already great. Um, I was just uh, sharing that. And um, I think probably the biggest change that we've seen over, or at least especially under my leadership is changing or adding new lines. So we've added a grass fed okay. line, no nitrates, that kind of stuff, just adding more op- options for people who, um, who want to have that kind of, um, meat selection. So.
0: Right. And, and I'm glad you kind of touched on that. Cause I was going to ask if, um, you know, as consumer preferences change, obviously meat is still a great source of protein, no matter what the fad is um but just to get you know what kind of products have come from that and um, the changes to your products kind of based off those changes in consumer uh, preferences
1: yeah yeah i mean we've seen um i think i I saw that again when i was in the in athletics so we deal a lot with uh, collegiate and professional athletes actually we we um deal with a lot of their nutritionists so we see A lot of, um, demand for, um, no nitrates and really high quality grass fed, hundred percent grass fed. Okay. So that was something that was important to me to offer too, just because it offers different nutritional value and, it's, and, um, for people. And, um, I also liked the opportunity that it gave me to work directly with the ranchers. So the biggest thing for me is we shift and change the company. I don't want to say change, but uh, adapt to, to things and just better ourselves is to make a difference in that way too. And for me to know the the rancher and to know where the beef's coming from, to know how it's handled, how they're raised, fed, all that kind of stuff is is truly important to me because at the end of the day, it's not about just selling beef jerky or you know making money from it. It's about having a bigger change in um the quality of of what we're putting into the product and eliminating waste and you know r- having the animals r- raised mainly and all that stuff really matters so for me that shift to what meat we use um when we look at that is is coming from all those reasons now
0: right and so that was going to be my next question is as far as uh the cattle that you guys are using or the the um, you know the livestock you clearly are not the ones who are raising it you're working with ranchers and producers in order to get that um is that mostly ranches and uh, ranchers and producers in california so it's about 50 50 right now Um, my
1: goal is to get everything over to directly to the ranchers um so that i can have that relationship um and understanding of the of the beef that we bring in um but about half of it is still just commercially raised Okay. Beef. Um, I still high quality beef that we source. We still have high specs and all that. But, um, but I can't tell you where it's coming from directly. Right. Yeah. But our our the other fifty percent, our other two lines, we know we work with two family ranches and get all of our beef from there. And um, the really cool part about it too is both are. Cal Poly grads that I went to school with and it's their family or their, you know, generations of their families. So we have that connection too, which is pretty cool to, to have. So,
0: yeah. And it kind of goes back to, um, y'all's family traditions and kind of all of that. If not only your family, but other families who are, um, involved in your business, right? Yep. For you guys have a ton of products. So what are some of those products, and um, can you walk us through through some of that? Sure. Um, we have so we have four different lines of jerky. So we
1: have the classic cut, which is just a traditional thick cut. It's a half an inch, um, or excuse me, it's a, a quarter inch thick. Um, it's uh, very chewy, tender. And it's the stuff that you would see in our Costcos. That's like our okay. bag people know they can get at Costcos around here. Um, and then we have a extra thin, which has become tremendously popular because it's cut into smaller pieces. It's really easy to eat. I think it's what people are familiar with to out on the market. So that thinner cut's a lot, lot easier to eat. Um, and then it kind of goes to it works for a larger market if people, um, gotcha. well, for kids or an and older um, and older adults, but um and then we have a premium hand cut line, which is one of my favorites. It's our cowboy cut. It was a line that my dad created and um it's all hand cut from the top round and marinated longer. It's like eating steak without silverware. It's very, very meaty, very tender, very delicious. Um so we have that one and that one is sourced all from five dot ranch meat up in Northern California, Napa. And the meat is just amazing. Um, and then our, the line that I launched back in 2013 is our grass fed, um, range line. And that is my favorite, um, one, if I had to pick one and we have some fun flavors. I mean, they're, we, again, we don't get too far off with all the crazy fads right. flavors, but we were able to make them a little bit different. So we have a sea salt and black pepper and a chili cayenne and a chipotle of the range. And it's sliced thin, like our extra thin cut. So it's easy to eat, um, you know, and it's, it's got a little bit of a different taste. We don't use the apple cider vinegar on it. We use just red wine vinegar, which is a little bit of a different thing. That's another great thing about our jerky is apple cider vinegar, um, part of it. But, um, so those are our four lines of jerky. We have turkey jerky, um, as well. We have, um, smoked beef sticks, which are very, very good. Um, they're hundred percent beef, high quality ingredients in those, um, and then we have our sausage line as well. So we have six different um, European-style sausages that have, are very traditional to the Catanios who started it. Um, and then we have a whole line of fruits, nuts, and candies that uh, we source uh, from California. And um, then our gift packs, which you know pulls everything in together um, for
0: gifts. And then you additionally have, um, it's, is it a mercantile? Is that what, uh, kind of in addition to all of this? So what is that? How does that kind of complement the beef business?
1: Yeah. Um, so the mercantile actually back in 2013, well, long before, like I had mentioned, I always dreamed of having a a shop with my mom. I grew up in, in actually where our shop is today in her same store. So when I was young... (laughs) she had a store down there. And, um, so in 2013, there was an opportunity to go back into that store. And we had, I had kind of fought through many Christmases where we were running out of space and, um, and, uh, people were waiting out the doors for gift (laughs) gifts. And so I was like, all right, here's my opportunity to, to open the store I always wanted. So I knew it, it would look different than what I had dreamed of. But, um, so we have a store downtown slow, um, And we carry all different types of local products, um, seasonings, olive oils, candies, um, anything that we can find that would work in um, gift baskets. So we do a lot of gift baskets down there. And then we also have a lot of other, you know, home decor and jewelry and accessories and um, kids stuff. And... uh, all sorts of fun things that you can find and gift. And that's kind of my whole purpose with the Merc is just an opportunity for people to come in and be creative, find things that they feel good about giving to others at good price points. Um, and it gives us a great opportunity for another location for Catania Brothers to be to be at too. So it's it's
0: nice to have that space as well. Right, and I'm sure kind of broadens your, your reach as far as your customer base as well. Um, maybe somebody who would not necessarily be interested in a beef stick comes in for something else and happened to grab one on the way out, right?
1: Yep, yep, that's right. We, we do introduce a lot of people to our jerky down there. So it is, it's cool to have that opportunity.
0: And I wanna go back to the grass-fed for just a minute. Um, grass-fed can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For you guys, what does that mean uh, from a product standpoint and what how your your how that product is being raised, I guess, really. Sure. You
1: know, I mean, anymore with marketing, you can say sugar-free, you can say grass-fed, you can put all these labels on a package, but right. that doesn't mean that it's good. Right. Um, so for me, it's far more than just the grass-fed. I think that's one key component to me, but like I said, it goes back to knowing these guys that are in the ranching business. Um, And we know, we, we know these families, we know how they're um, treating the animals, um, which is very important to me. I over, probably over like the last six years, it's something that has become even more and more like important to my heart is just um, I've always loved animals, grew up in 4-H, but to like really realize that, okay, we're taking this cow, like and in using it for food, like we need to, it needs to be treated well. It needs to be, you know, loved. It needs to be, um, Fed well. And then for me on my end, like I, we have to use the whole, like I want to use the whole cow. I, right. That's another big part of it. You don't want the waste. And so when you work with people that have those same values, it just feels better about what you're doing at the end of the day. Um, So the grass fed is important. And they do feed 100% grass fed because okay. there is a lot of people that feed you know, that finish with not a hundred percent and our um, premium hand cut line from the meat from Napa is that way. They actually have their own finish, which is what makes it so f- much more flavorful it doesn't right. have that flavor of the hundred percent grass fed, but it makes it different, which is kind of nice because now you have these different options, but um, uh, you know, and then th- just the value, I think of, of the grass fed where they're, you're getting more omegas and just different types of nutrients that we might not be getting from commercially fed, um, cattle. And I I think that there's something to be said about balance of what we're eating. You know, I think I, and I think this just comes from my understanding with my parents being sick with cancer is just realizing that too much of one thing is not good for us. So even Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I would never recommend people eating jerky, a lot of jerky, a lot of steak, a lot of pork, any of it, you know, we have to balance it and we've got to moderate how much we're eating. I believe. So, but the key for me is, is that if you're going to eat it, eat high quality stuff and eat stuff that has minimal ingredients in it. So that's the, that's why, you know, the grass fed is so important because I know that it's high quality. And then when we make our jerky, we're adding very minimal ingredients. So what you're putting in your body, um, is, you know, to fuel yourself is, is good and sustainable for what you're
0: trying to achieve. So yeah. And you just mentioned when you're making the jerky. So you guys actually are doing the the full process of the jerky making. Um, yes. Okay. And what does that look like? I'm, do you have, you know, other facilities where that happens or is it in the back room at the, at the store? Or what, what does that look like? Yeah. Everything's
1: done here where we have been doing it since the seventies. So um, we bring in the meat um, denuded so that we don't have to deal with any trim really. Right. Um, but then we have a whole like artisan style process that we still follow. And that's something that is just true to who we are. And well, we have seen, you know, people come in and and these new companies come in and a lot of jerky companies honestly aren't even making it. They're just marketing companies. Right. Um, but for us that that's, that's who we are and that's why we're different. Um, and we, it'll always be that way. Um, But yeah, we bring in the meat, we, we press it, we, we slice it, we um, tumble it, we marinate it, we hand string it on stainless steel rods, then that gets spread out. It goes in the oven. So our jerky process takes it, you know, can take up to five days sometimes from start to finish. Um, and our bee sticks are even longer. They're usually about a week. So to make our products, it's, it takes a long time, a lot of time and a lot of labor, which can be very challenging. It's probably one of our biggest challenges, especially in California.
0: Yeah.
1: But, um, but you, you just can't veer from that, um, without changing the product. And we know that. And so we have to just figure out how we can keep doing that. And, and manufacturing is very important to us. And so is the education side of what we're doing. That's something that was really important to my dad and something that's really important to what like, kind of was
0: instilled in me. So, and again, I mean, it goes back to, obviously you guys are doing something right. If, if you've been able to, um, not only maintain, but really grow in, in the 75 years of existence. So, um, kudos to you and, and the business and and all the things you are, are doing. Thank you. <laughs> so last kind of question here is really for you. Um, what are maybe some tips or advice you would give uh, to women entrepreneurs who are just wanting to be in business? Um, Obviously you're, you're specifically uh, connected to the agricultural industry just due to your products. Um, But what is something that you would say to someone who's either already in the business or wanting to get involved? Sure. Um, I, I think, I
1: mean, there's a lot of things I, I feel like I've learned so much in 13 years, which is crazy. But, um, I think the thing that I realized more than anything is, um, it's just like finding your own, like authentic self through it. Um, and what really are you passionate about at the end of the day? And sure. It's got to yield you money to keep going, right? right. Otherwise you won't have a business, but if you're not doing something you're not passionate about, if you're worried that people are going to, you know, the competition is going to beat you there or, or do this, then um, then I think you're missing out on, you know, what we're here for. And that is to to kind of to find ourselves and do what we're passionate about and to not be worried about um, uh not to be worried about what other people think or what other people are doing. I think that's probably my biggest thing too. And it was just instilled in me from my dad he always said never to pay attention to what the competition is doing. Just keep your head down and keep going. Um, And I think that's kind of just how I've always ran it is just to keep going and stay focused on the values I know and the things that mean, you know, what I know matter and not get caught up in the other stuff or the fads or all that and stay focused in that way. And I think if you can do that and, you know, and really follow what you're passionate about, then you can be successful. And, and to me, success isn't about what you have. It's how you feel, um, at the end of the day about what you're doing. Um, cause life is so short and, you know, I mean, that's the thing is that you could be gone tomorrow, but are you happy about what you're doing? Are you following your passions about that? So I think, I think that's a key for, for women and especially in agriculture. And then I think too, just, you know, keep pieces of self-worth. And I think that coming in at such a young age, um, maybe not feeling like I deserve to be in the position of CEO having to earn it. And it took me a long time to, to realize that, um, as a woman in this business too, um, uh, that, you can't, you can't like you, we are worthy of it. Mm-hmm. We can do it. We can be a mom. We can juggle it all. Um, it can, it can be amazing, but we have to accept that and, and, uh, kind of relish in the good, you know? And, and, uh, and, um, so I think those are two big things for me is just kind of understanding your self worth at a younger age and, and, uh, being true to your authentic self are two keys that, um, make it all worth it, and would be two things I would I would I would want other women to be aware of um, as they're you know getting into things.
0: I think that's awesome advice, especially in the this society that we live in today. I think it's everyone's so worried about comparing themselves to others, and oh, they're doing this. I need to be doing that. Um, but I uh, again a testament to you and the, the tradition of what you guys stand for, um, is, is very evident. And I think that mainly due to you being true to yourself and, and what you just mentioned as far as, um, sticking to what you believe in and, and all of that. So, um, I appreciate that. I think that's excellent advice and hopefully someone who is listening or watching can also connect with that. Yeah. Okay, we're we've we've made it to the point where we've reached the rapid fire questions if you are ready. okay. Um, (laughs) And they're not they're nothing crazy. I every time I say that I feel like I need to rename this part of the, the show, but I can't think of anything like clever enough yet so still in the works on that but um the first question is what is your least favorite dessert. Um. Mm, um, least favorite dessert.
1: I would say anything like Italian, any like tiramisu or, I mean, I was not even Italian. I, I, I yeah, <laughs> like
0: that kind of stuff.
1: Those are like
0: my least favorite. Least favorite? I, I would have to agree. I'm not a tiramisu fan. Yeah. Um, the last show that you binged and loved.
1: Uh, let's see. I've been following, um, uh, Netflix. It's her. It's, oh gosh, it's, I, I'm kind of little, no, it's, it's uh, a genie in Georgia. It's, it's a single mom. So I love, I love her uh, drive and her fire. And uh, so
0: I definitely binged that and, and loved it. So.
1: <laughs>
0: and then the last question is something that is simple in your life, but you love.
1: Simple. Um, That's a good question. I think I, I something simple. I think I could, I mean, I feel like my home I feel like my home is simple but I love it because it's our it's mine and my boys home and we've created it together um and we've worked really hard to get to where we are with that um but it's simple and we it makes us happy and it makes life easy which everything for me if it's easy then it's just then you can actually really enjoy it you know and and so there's that simplicity that comes along with it too it's nothing crazy but Oh no, I, I, I mean, yeah, that's probably something I can.
0: Yeah. yeah, I, I love that. I think um, sometimes it, things don't need to be overcomplicated, right? If it can be simple, then right. so be it. Yes. Um, well, Caitlin, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I've really um, enjoyed your listening to the story, the business story, and um, obviously your story as well. Uh, where can people connect with you if they are wanting to connect with you or know more about the business or purchase from the business? Sure. Um, so we have all of our
1: social media platforms. Well, not all, but we we kind of stay traditional to just Facebook and Instagram. Anything beyond that, uh, we just we haven't gotten into that yet. <laughs> so you can find us on there um, and follow us along as we go to different shows and stuff like that um and then our website is just catania Bros, bros.com and you can purchase everything online there um and then there's always our two locations in san luis Obispo where you can come see us and i'm usually at both locations every day checking in so um yeah so we love having people come by
0: Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. Um, and I hope that everything continues to grow and you guys continue to just stay in that tradition and, and be successful. Yeah. Thanks, Ali. Appreciate it.